Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I am your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. I'm sorry, sometimes... I, I wasn't just... as prepared, I'm sorry. I, I It just kind of happened. It slips! I, you know. But just you know, a slip! We haven't done that in a while. Just a slip! I had to. God, that makes me want to... Y'all, that comes out in two weeks. I know. Oh my god, that I comes know. out two weeks from today. And those kids already look grown. I'm about sick of this. I'm sick of all of y'all just <laughs> in these growth spurts. These children. I'm so excited about it, though. As me and Alex say, the chittens. So the chittens. Children. The chittens. So my mom used to say children. I'm like, what is children? I think you left, like, that's like three letters. You left, like, Do you remember half the word is gone. Should we discuss this in front of the C-H-L-I-D? <laughs> that was one of the few sitcoms that, like, Grace Under Fire and Reba. Solid. Reba was funny. Oh shit. my god, Reba was so funny. Um, so you guys, super excited about this episode tonight. We're going to be talking about Penhurst Asylum. So make sure if you don't have something fall to accompany you this evening... Whether it be a drink, a candle, a fire, ambience from YouTube, you know, something. I thought you were going to say ambient. Ambient. Please don't take ambient right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> ambience. Ambience. Um, or ambiance. <laughs> ambiance. If you want to get fancy. <laughs> uh, pause this podcast right now. And go put on something spoopy because yeah. we're going to talk about ghosties. Yeah, big ghosties tonight. Big Pen ghosties. Penhurst is like the, it's it's it's, it's on the it's like the Mount Rushmore when when you discuss haunted places. It's it's right. Penhurst and Eastern State Penitentiary are usually very. What's very up much... with you, Pennsylvania? What's up with Pennsylvania? I think we've mentioned this before. How <laughs> Pennsylvania's got a lot of spoopies. Pennsylvania's got a lot of whole shit. Lot of, whole lot of spoopies. A I lot of demons in Pennsylvania. Gettysburg on the list. It will happen. All three of these places are on the list. Yeah. Honestly. East and State, Pennsylvania, and Gettysburg. And they're, all and they're all in Pennsylvania. We'll just do a spoopy road trip. You know what we should do? Spoopy Pennsylvania road trip. We'll just I love it. stay for a week and go visit one spoopy place every that day. sounds like a plan. I love we'll it. We'll be so drained. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, I don't love that part of it, but. Because wasn't Silent Hill, quote-unquote Silent Hill in yes. Pennsylvania, too? Yes. Yeah, yes, it's Trillia. Pennsylvania's got some places. Shit. So depressing. Anyway. Um, so, you guys, go pause the podcast and get you a spoopy October. I've got my iced pumpkin chai and my old lady blanket. I'm wearing a Scream shirt. Yes. I already finished my pumpkin Hells, cold brew. Yeah. Um, but, Even though it was um, fucking 100 degrees... 95 today Ohio. and 68 tomorrow. Yeah, so I'm sorry if any of you are also experiencing this <laughs> disgusting heat wave as summer is trying to crawl its way out of here <laughs> like Gollum. Uh, I'm so happy about tomorrow. So hopefully mm -hmm. everybody is either experiencing fall weather now or at some point this soon. week. Yes. Soon. Very soon. So before we get started with the podcast and start talking all things ghosties, a word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. I can sing again. Do you guys Yay. hear that? Can you hear that? 
The vid has officially the crusty vid is off. out of Casper. We are done. The crusties are over. The crust They're out of here. It was so much phlegm. It was so much crusty. It was so much <laughs> it was phlegm. Awful. She sounds better. Her appetite was back. Amazing. So speaking of fall, guys, pumpkin spice bath bombs. They are here. Um, they are available on the Etsy site. And uh, also, just shout out and thank you to everybody that came and participated um, at the uh, workshop market event that was this past Saturday. It was a great turnout, really great weather, wonderful time, and I can't wait to do more markets like that. Um, but yeah, pumpkin spice bath bombs are available. They will uh, be here until the end of the year. Um, so that and... Um, Another big, big, big favorite that seemed to be a huge hit at the uh, market was the sage mint and the lavender chamomile. I don't feel like I mentioned those enough. So uh, lavender chamomile and the sage mint are both wonderful to fall asleep to. So um, that and yeah, uh, check out the Etsy page, Calm Your Body Down and Instagram. Uh, I don't know if I'll start posting more on TikTok, but you can follow on TikTok too. So TikTok too. Calm your body down. Bing. All right, guys. So we're going to get into. I'm still shocked we have not talked about Penhurst yet, to I'm, be honest. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy we haven't, out of all of the other haunted places we've discussed and uh, asylums and, oh, my God, we've done so many of the. And there's, guys, there's many, 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 many more across mm -hmm. the country, across the world for us to have topics about here to come here for the future to come. But um, obviously Penhurst hit the radar for everybody this year, unless you've been living under a rock <laughs> uh, this season of stranger things that was highly anticipated and did not disappoint. It was fucking incredible. Yeah. You guys haven't watched it yet. I'm sorry. You know, whatever you need to watch it. Um, if you're not into it, if it's not your cup of tea, totally get it. But I loved it. It was amazing. And I cannot wait for <laughs> season five. Anyway, um, so in this season, the series creator, uh, the series creators, the Duffer Brothers, they introduce viewers to Penhurst Mental Asylum, where we see Robin and Nancy enter Penhurst, where they are granted permission if you saw it, obviously, spoiler alert, where they were under the guise of being two, uh, I think, uh, psych students that wanted mm -hmm. to talk to patients. Um, uh, Robin did an incredible job. Love that scene. Um, so they were granted permission to speak with Victor Krill, who was <laughs> played by, <laughs> amazingly, by, uh, who was, he was also in the movie too, wasn't he? Was he in both movies? Uh, Robert <laughs> England? No, he wasn't in Crosby. Or no, the... Uh, he did the other one, not that one. I always mix those up. Hatchet and, uh, oh, God. What's the, never mind. Who's the bad guy? His house in the, remember Robert England's in the very beginning for like half a second on the boat, and he's telling, the guy lives out in the woods, and uh, who is that? I thought that was Hatchet. No, Hatchet is Victor Crowley. Um, why do I? Mixed... Sorry, guys. Pause. Why do I... Go I... ahead. I'll, I'll find it. Uh, everybody's screaming right now. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I just... I'm sorry. It. I saw it a couple times and I can't think of it now. But anyway, so Robert England plays Victor Krill. He is in prison because he is thought to have br brutally murdered his family. As we know, he didn't. We find out later. 
Vecna. Anyway, so although the Pinhurst Mental Hospital portrayed in Stranger Things is fictitious, now that Pinhurst Mental Hospital in the movie is in, um, it's supposed to be in uh, a neighboring town of um, Hawkins. So it's not actually in Hawkins. It's in a neighboring nope, town. No, you're right. It is Hatchet. That's what I thought. I thought it was Hatchet. I was like, am I losing my fucking mind? Maybe it's because I've seen Hatchet 2 way more than I've seen Hatchet 1. It's and just, I'm getting them confused. Yeah, remember Robert England is in like the first 30 seconds a la your shirt, Drew Barrymore. You're right. He's You're right. I do actually for, remember like, that now. People were screaming I at do them. actually remember that Sorry, now. Sorry, guys. I know my people were bad. like, it's Hatchet. Um. Listen, I do the same thing at podcast. In my defense, um, um, Hatchet 2 is way more, I like it way more than Hatchet 1. So. I, I agreed, but I just, <laughs> that popped in my but no, you're brain right. that he was in you're it. You're fully right. Um, so, Pinhurst Mental Hospital in Stranger Things takes place in a neighboring town of uh, Hawkins, where Victor Krill allegedly murdered his family in 1959, but we know it wasn't him. It was back now. His son, obviously. So anyway, um, but... We know that the Duffer brothers heavily take inspiration from so many different things um, in the 80s that they put in the sh into the show. So, obviously, Penhurst Mental Asylum was inspired by Eastern by the Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic, which was the original name for the Pennhurst State School and Hospital, which is located in Chester County, Pennsylvania. So, also a little side note, just because you're talking about that scene, I love the fact that Nancy was in that scene. Yes. And it was Robert England. Amazing. And the entirety of this season was like watching a giant movie of Nightmare on Elm Street. If you guys didn't, uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. If you guys didn't see the parallels between Vecna and Freddy, I mean, come on. And then to have Robert England play his dad? Like, come on, bruh. Like, the long, the <laughs> fingers, the burned skin, the... Chrissy, the wake up! The nightmares. Chrissy, wake up! I don't like this! Chrissy, wake up! I'm sorry, it's so terrible, Honestly, it wasn't until it started getting out of hand. Oh, it's, it's, okay, the original one I still love. All of these out-of-their-mind remakes or yeah, they can go away. So, the hospital. Also, they're talking about bringing him back, and I. Okay, so I guess the way I've been hearing that, uh, and I am so sorry if I butcher this for anybody that is a, uh, D&D Dungeons and Dragons fan I did not play so I'm I, I've never played I'm so sorry if I butcher this but apparently there is a character that Vecna he's a vampire and that's a character that's close that Vecna kills or in Dungeons and Dragons and so people that are into Dungeons and Dragons are thinking this is like a parallel that oh, that's who Eddie would come back okay. as, as this vampire that's in the game that okay. ultimate yeah. Okay. So that's why. I would I've be seen mad that, about that. Though. I've seen that everywhere and I've seen a lot of fan art with which is incredibly odd. Of Eddie oh, with Lord. vampire teeth. I don't want to look at that right now. I don't want to get hot and bothered on. Sorry. This it's pretty hot. So if anybody 
listen to it later because you'll get distracted and you won't want to listen to us. So anyway, back to Pinhurst. Um, <laughs> after 79 years of controversy for this Institute of the Mentally and Physically Disabled located in Pennsylvania, it closed December 9th of 1987. Which is crazy. It's nuts. That was 30... Oh my God, that was 35 years ago, this year. Jeez Louise, 35 years ago that that closed. It's huge. There's, it's oh big. my God, there's so it's many buildings big. and, yeah. So in 1903, the Pennsylvania legislature authorized the creation of the Eastern State Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic, epileptic i did say that right yes um and a commission was organized to take into consideration the number and status of the feeble-minded and epileptic persons in the state and determine a placement for construction to care for these residents the commission discovered 1146 feeble-minded persons in this insane hospitals and 2600 sorry 2627 in alms houses county care hospitals reformatories and prisons who were in immediate need of specialized institutional care alms houses just in case people don't know um i used to hear this in all in old movies alms for the poor mm -hmm. alms for the poor uh it's basically taking in donations for people in poverty so alms houses were uh basically like uh homeless shelters that were usually traditionally run by churches or christian organizations um all the no poor houses. All the no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, right? It's so hard not to. Uh, anyway, I mean, the season's coming. Why not? It is. The legislation stated that the buildings would be in two groups one for the educational and industrial department, and one for the custodial or asylum department. The institution was required to accommodate no fewer than 500 inmates or patients with rooms for additions. Wesley White. The former president of the American Association of Medical. Whoa, what is that word? Dosimetris. 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 Wait, no, I'm just kidding. That's an analytical member of the radiation oncology team. Wow. Okay. That is a new, I just learned a new word today. They ensure that radiation treatment promotes the most. Oh, okay, so people aren't given lethal radiation doses that will affect their organs. Oh. Uh, so Got it. Apparently that's still a thing. I did not know that. I did not either. Uh, he was the former president of the American Association of that, was appointed superintendent of the facility. Um, so just so most people understand what the definition of feeble-minded came from, that word was mostly used in the late 19th century it was basically to describe really any deficits of the mind um what we would know now as being autistic uh nonverbal, um things like that unfortunately people would be institutionalized for that even if it was the lowest cases um a lot of these people were called idiots, imbeciles, and morons. I mean, that, those were very common terms. The word moron was actually coined by an American psychologist. So these were words that were just really used to just describe anything that now we would see as normal. 
Um, even something as simple, I mean, we, we look in terms of seizures as being able to be treated, even the worst cases with modern medications. Back then, they just threw you in one of these asylums. And you could be a perfectly, I mean, not anything wrong with your mind whatsoever. No, you know, autism or, gosh, even Down syndrome. Things that are so common now where people can live completely normal lives. If it's something like, you know, they get seizure medication or autism. It's it just, you think in terms of people now we see that are, it's just, a, it's normal. It's totally normal. These people were put in institutions because... You know, what we know now wasn't known then. Those same medications weren't available. And, um, you know, as Casper was reading, it's so interesting how all of these start off with the best intentions of having reformatories and or having, um, you know, one part where they can uh, be educated and another part where they can work. And I mean, we've done ones like these before where they'll have a working farm or they're able to they always start off with the best intentions and then you know, obviously we'll get into, as so many of them do, why they go to shit. Uh, Seems to be quite a pattern yeah, in America. Happens a lot. So as far as the building and construction design of Penhurst, uh, from 1903 to 1908, the first buildings were built. Um, so this just gives you an idea of how huge this area is uh, and how many buildings there are. It's on over 600 acres of land, 633.9 to be, ex be exact, in Spring City, Pennsylvania. Uh, that was referred to the lower campus. Out of the first buildings constructed was a girls' dining room, a kitchen, a storeroom, cottages for the girls, boys' dining room, teachers' home, cottages for the boys, a school, laundry and sewing house, and a powerhouse. There was also a temporary administrative building that was opened in 1918. Uh, 1921, Whitman and Wilson, first and second, were constructed along with Penn Hall for employee housing. And in 1929, the assembly building was complete along with a gymnasium and auditorium. In 1930, the first buildings on the upper campus, otherwise known as the Female Colony, were completed and named Pershing, Buchanan, um, Audubon, and Keystone. Keystone, Pennsylvania being the Keystone State. We found that out. <laughs> we found that out in what a keystone was when we drove through Pennsylvania. Um, Capitol Hall was erected after World War II, along with Devon, constructed on Lower Campus. Horizon Hall opened later in 1971. I Devon Hall, we heard about a lot in Portals to Hell. We watched the Portals to Hell episode where Jack and Katrina in season two went to Penhurst um, Asylum. I would heavily suggest watching that one. And the Destination Fear, that was also in their season two. I can't remember what episode, but that one was a great one too. I love Destination Fear. I hope they come back with more see with more seasons. Them and Portals to Hell um, and Kindred Spirits are like my three Easily. top favorites now. Um, so there were lower administrative uh, campus buildings. Four of them have since been demolished in 2020. Uh, out of those, Devon and Mayflower are the two that are heavily, heavily mentioned. Uh, usually the Mayflower building is kind of one of the main buildings that you see when you see anything about uh, Penhurst. The upper campus buildings, there were four of those that were demolished in 2018. Um, other buildings like the Powerhouse Treatment Plant, Greenhouse, Director's House, and Dairy Farm are still standing. So the older buildings were designed by Philip Johnson, were two-storied and made of brick terracotta and granite trimmings. Um, there were connected fireproof tunnels. 
those tunnels are still there to this day. A lot of paranormal activity goes on inside of those tunnels. Um, that was another thing that was mentioned on the Portals to Hell episode as well. Um, the central building has two... Oh, I won't get into that part. Um, so the Pennsylvania Railroad created a Pennhurst station on its Skullkill, I think that's how that's pronounced, division to accommodate Pennhurst. So Skullkill River is uh, a river that actually runs through Pennsylvania, and um, the railroad tracks have since been removed and now are a part of a trail that go along that river. That's crazy. That's almost kind of similar to the, like, there's a where, um, and we've done an episode about this sometime back when we talked about uh, uh, Peter's Cartridge Gunpowder Factory. Mm -hmm. So there's a uh, bike trail, a trail that actually goes right, a really popular trail, Loveland bike trail that goes right along there um, that also goes right along a river as well. So that's really interesting. I love these correlations with uh, anything to do with like water mm -hmm. next to haunted. Mm -hmm buildings yeah there's always always a correlation and i that. love what jack said in the in the episode too he said it looked like you know this place was a little village tucked inside yes the oh my and god and i love that he said that because that's what it looks like it looks like a little village I tucked swear, inside that of... made me think about indiana state sanatorium mm -hmm. i mean on a much smaller scale but it was basically the same exact thing it was like a little village in the middle of nowhere tucked deep in the woods and if you look at an over there's a great picture we're reading from wikipedia of a bird's eye view of the campus and this picture was from 1934 it's amazing when you look at at its time where all of the buildings were standing at once and it really is even now with what buildings are still uh still there that are still standing um, on November 23rd, 1908, patient number one was admitted to the hospital. Within four years of operation, Penhurst was already overcrowded and under pressure to admit immigrants, orphans, and criminals. Wow. See how quick, see how quickly that happened? Four, four years. years. Four years. Yeah. Wow. Um, residents were classified into mental categories of imbecile or insane into physical categories of epileptic or healthy, and into dental categories of good, poor, or treated teeth when admitted. The branches of industry which residents were assigned to were mattress making, shoe making, and repair, grading, farming, laundry, domestic duties, sewing, baking, butchering, painting, and working in the store. In 1913, the legislator appointed a commissioner, or commission rather, for the care of the feeble-minded, which stated that disabled people were un- Fit for citizenship. Wow. Okay. Imposed a menace to the peace. I do. Um, and I also recommend <laughs> Yes. Go mental health patient. Yay. Yay. Um, <laughs> recommended for custodial care. Furthermore, the commission desired to prevent the intermixing. This is where we get into eugenics. It's lovely. <laughs> um, also, not a lot of people know that Adolf Hitler modeled his view of the Aryan race and disdain for Jewish people after the American eugenics movement. So just keep that in mind of somebody that evil where he learned that from. Or maybe not learned from, but took some inspiration. Just think about that. 
Think about how easy, easily something we can take is, oh, they're feeble-minded, can turn so racist that quick. It, yeah. Not a lot of people know that, so that's why I just thought I would put a pin in that. That, uh, yeah. So. Just in case. Just in case anybody, you know, wanted to know. So um, the, the chief physician quoted Henry H. Goddard, the leading eugen eugenist, as uh, follows. Every feeble-minded person is a potential criminal. The now, now, guys, listen to this. This is what Adolf Hitler heard this and was like, huh. Every feeble-minded person is a potential criminal. The general public, although more convinced today than ever before that it is a good idea, good thing rather, to segregate the idiot or the distinct imbecile that have not as yet been convinced as to the proper treatment of the defective delinquent, which is the brighter and more dangerous individual. Great. It's just a slip. These people were dead. I think you're the one that was dangerous. Mr. Goddard. You think I'm an ignorant savage. I think you're the one that's dangerous. You've been so many places, I guess that must be so. So if most people don't know, one of the other things that Henry Goddard was famous for was completely, uh, he, um, what's the word, he, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Exploited. He completely exploited a family that he considered feeble-minded, um, and he uh, basically made a fortune off of the name of this family. It was a Quaker family that he uh, followed. And um, he made a bunch of money off of just, you know, completely, completely and totally explo exploiting this, this family of immigrants um, and basically calling them morons just for his own, you know, um, so there was a board of trustees appointed in 1916 to increase the capacity of the institution by constructing cottages specifically for women to segregate them from men in part to prevent pregnancies. Well, one little ugly thing that they don't like to tell is part of eugenics is that a lot of women were sterilized forcefully. Not only did it happen at Pennhurst, it happened at a lot of asylums, it happened in prisons. Some women didn't even know what was going on. Weren't oh, definitely weren't told that's what was happening well, to of them. Of course not, because they wouldn't consent to it. Right. So there you go. Um, and then also later on, we found out that uh, people were raped while they were there. I mean, not only beaten and chained, there were attendants and other. Um, Patients. I mean, you don't think the male patients were able to, wasn't that far away, if some of them were able to get out, were able to attack and assault female patients. And then, of course, if the staff were raping them, you don't want the possibility of them getting pregnant. God forbid. Uh, ew. Um, I mean, like, if this place couldn't get any worse, there was just so much, you know, it's every time I watch, like, even, even watching Portals to Hell, I get such a sadness when I talk about Penhurst or any places like this, because you, you know, except for, and that's why I love the guy that was like the manager there that was talking about like King and that other, like those two really distinct, like violent spirits that he really, he doesn't think he, 
he believes, and I'm a firm believer of this too, that he does not think that they are actual spirits. They're the manifest, it's an evil manifestation of all of the pain and brutality that happened to the people there over all of those years that just once that place was closed, that energy never left. I mean, that energy, that energy has to go somewhere and it stays right there contained and just grows you know i i've always believed in that i've always believed if any place like that has that much sadness and you know there were assaults or death brutal deaths or murders or you know sexual assaults or uh beating anything like that anything that just had horrible horrible things happen to just purely innocent people i think the manifestation of all of that pain becomes an evil entity that just stays there uh yeah and you, of course it would can, attack people well of course and you know a good it's not the same thing but it's it's kind of like the plot of host where mm, mm -hmm. it's a spirit can take on like they opened the door for something to come through and because of what what's her name did where she pretended like she made this thing up it's kind of the same thing because there are, there's a spirit there which we'll get into later called king which i genuinely think was kind of made up per se but people believed in him believed in it so much and just like you said with all the negative energy and all the things surrounding that, it's very easy for a malevolent, manipulative spirit to, I don't want to use the term be conjured up, but be conjured up. Right. Basically. Yeah. Um, in 1968, conditions at Penhurst were exposed in a five-part television news report anchored by local um, <clears throat> WCAU-TV correspondent Bill Baldini. In 1981, a time... That was uh, Suffer the Little Children... Uh, that was a video if anybody watched Pearls to Hell or really any documentaries or things that are discussed about Penhurst typically suffer the little children is the first thing that's mentioned because that footage is so horrific. I was telling Casper earlier, I've watched the entire thing. It's been a while ago. Um, you can still watch it. It's available. There's a link to it through Wikipedia and uh, it's it's really heavy to watch. In the beginning of that destination fear episode this guy says that the cameraman walked into the place and then turned around and ran out and threw up outside because the smell was so horrific yeah bill Bald bill baldini is still baldini is still alive and he says that that's the one thing that stays with him is this he he even this was 1968 he still hasn't, so you're talking, what, 50, 60, he still hasn't forgotten the smell. Can you imagine something smelling that bad that you don't, that like for 60 fucking years, the smell lives with you? I, I don't no. even, oh my God. The smell lives with you that bad? No. I'm sorry, I'll let you finish. I just. No, you're good. I, oh God, that. I but can't I just, imagine. But I just wanted to mention that because. We reference, if nobody's seen that Portals to Hell, please watch it. That one is so good. But that one, in the very beginning, they reference Suffer the Little Children. And they show some some clips of it that are very upset. Listen, the clips they showed pale in comparison to what 
to what that whole thing it was it was awful it's so it's terrible how those people were treated just just you know it's, it's inhumane it's completely inhumane you know and then it went on for almost another it was open for almost another 20 years after that that came out in 1968 it was 1987 before that place finally closed and they had a string of lawsuits following that coming out i mean it was for over 20 years it, it yeah so you know suffer the little children and these weren't children these were grown right, these were adults and in in bait in cages you know chained to the oh god and there's still people alive guys i know that go the ghost adventures listen this was like their early season so zach when zach was even more insufferable so i couldn't get through much of the episode but in the very beginning, they interviewed a woman that was still alive, that was there at the time, that remembers, uh, you know, being tied up in a room and um, remembers talking about pe people. That was another thing I wanted to mention. If you if you bit somebody, all your all your teeth were pulled out of your head with no anesthetic, no anesthetic, no Novocaine, no nothing. If you were a what they considered a biter, the doctor would pull all of the teeth, all of your teeth out of your mouth. Oh, so I mean, yeah, be beyond inhumane what happened to these people. Beyond inhumane. And a lot of them are still alive to this day. So, yeah, it's that's that's why I'm saying you can't, yeah, this place opened in 1903 or whatever but i mean it didn't close till 1987 there are yeah there are definitely people still alive that were there when it closed it was only 35 years ago if somebody was 20 when it so they'd be they'd be 55 now yeah so that's wild to think about it's nuts stuff like that places like this that's what's so crazy is like they open up so early but then when they close in like the 80s and 90s, you're like, shit, that wasn't that fucking long ago. Because West Virginia, uh, Moundsville, that was mm -hmm. a fucked up one. Because on the outside, the building looks so old because then when it opened and then we go inside and that activity room had like the Ninja Turtles and shit. And we were like, what the fuck? And <laughs> like, oh, well, this place did close in the 90s. It was right? fucking nuts. It was open for over 100 years. That was yeah, crazy to see that. That's what Shit like that is just wild. In 1981, a Time Magazine article described the place as having a history of being understaffed, dirty, and violent. In 1983, nine employees were indicted on charges ranging from slapping and beating patients, some were even in wheelchairs, to arranging for patients to assault each other. The Holderman case, which resulted in the closure of the institution, also detailed widespread patient abuse. Shoot, I lost my place, sorry. Excuse me, goodness gracious. So in 1977, uh, the U.S. District Judge Raymond Brobrick ruled that the conditions at Pennhurst State School violated patients' constitutional rights, you think? The lawsuit, <laughs> just, just a I bit. mean, just a tad. Uh, the lawsuit that led to his ruling was filed May 30th of 1974 by Philadelphia attorney David Furliger. He represented the patients of the Pennhurst State School. The suit was later joined by the United States and by the Pennsylvania Association for, I hate saying that word, but we all do. Physically but... handicapped citizens. Uh, Pennhurst State School 
was ultimately closed in 1987. Um, 1,156 people who lived there on the date of the court's order, which was March 17th of 1978, moved into small community homes called community living arrangements. These, I, I guess what most people would think of now is like, almost like home care. These settings supported three or fewer people with 24-hour staffing if needed. This process of deinstitutionalization required nine years and included discussion of treatment plans with each person and their family. Oh my God. To deinstitutionalize somebody, I don't even know. Nine years. You went through all of that and it takes almost a decade to. You know, if you went in half sane, you left completely out of it from that place. That was one of those places where maybe wasn't that much wrong with you and you just got thrown in there and then by the time you left, you were fucking crazy because that, my God. So this goes more into the Halderman, Halderman case versus Penhurst State School and Hospital. So the allegations of abuse, this led to the first lawsuit of its kind in the U.S. This was a class, federal class action lawsuit, which asserted that those with developmental disabilities and the care of the state have a constitutional right to appropriate care and education. Terry Lee Halderman had been a resident of Penhurst and following multiple episodes episodes <laughs> of abuse. And this was, you know, sexual as well, which was awful. She and her family filed suit in federal district court. The suit started after Terry had visited her parents at home and was found to have unexplained bruises. Although the case was not expected to reach the level it did, the courts later found that conditions at Penhurst were unsanitary, no shit. inhumane, <laughs> and dangerous, violating the 14th Amendment, if most people don't know, that addresses citizenship rights and equal protection under the law. This was... <laughs> so the 14th Amendment had to be proposed in response to slavery? So that's the amendment you have to use over the treatment of these people, lack thereof of these people. God, Pinhurst used cruel and and we wonder punishment. why America's like mental health doesn't mean shit. <sighs> okay. So the district court ruled that certain that cer certain that of the patients' rights had been violated. The district court decision was the first time that any federal court ruled that an institution must be closed based on a constitutional right to community services. The rulings collectively lent credence to the um, nas nascent deinstitutionalization movement. That is which a long fucking word. Deinstitutionalization, <laughs> which sought to move mental patients from hospitals to halfway houses or reintegrate them and reintegrate them into their families. What if a lot of these people didn't have families? I mean, we're just lucky enough that Terry Lee did. I mean, she just, she was there because she, you know, something so simple that could be treated now and her parents didn't thought that maybe she was getting right care going there outpatient. She's being severely abused. I mean, to be honest with you, think about that though. Like how many people were where it says, you know, they're, they're trying to reintegrate them into their families. How many people genuinely had anxiety, depression, very small things that can, you don't need to be sent to a fucking institution for, you know? Even outpatient, you don't. Yeah, no, not at all. It, yeah. 
You could have therapy and medications, you know. Mm -hmm. So the rulings aligned with the increasing tendency of federal courts to take control of school districts, prisons, and other state institutions in order to enforce citizens' rights. Ultimately, however, the U.S. Supreme Court vacated the judgment based on the 11th Amendment principle that federal courts cannot order state officials to comply with state laws. Bullshit. As noted below, the institution was eventually closed pursuant to a settlement agreement that required that community-based services be offered to all of its residents. Took another 10 years. The case became an important rule of law known as the Pennhurst Doctrine, which has been cited by state attorney generals as binding precedent over United States constitutional law. I mean, it really is a fucking crazy case how they how these people felt like they had no other recourse but to take this to federal court. And federal courts are like, yeah, 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 but this is up to the state. Huh, what does that sound like? Anyway, um, go ahead. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, you know what happens when we leave <laughs> shit up to the states. <laughs> Don't you love when the quiet part is set up well? Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> the United States Department of Veterans Affairs, or the VA, acquired the upper campus of Pennhurst and began to work to reuse it as a veteran's home. In 1986, the upper campus cottage units reopened as the Southeastern Veterans Center. And in 1990, okay, 1990, renovations began on Horizon Hell. Horizon Hell. I mean, it, it might have been Horizon Hell. Horizon Hall. One of the newest buildings at Pennhurst as part of the project to establish a nursing facility. You know what's so funny to me? Why is it that every time one of these motherfucking asylums go down or sanatoriums go down, they're like, let's turn it into a nursing home. Let's please not do that. How about stop? How about we stop doing do that? Do not do that. <laughs> um, it reopened in 1993 as Coates Hall. After many years of determining what to do with Pennhurst, Congressman Jim Gerlach? Gerlach? I think it's Gerlach. Gerlach sought to establish a federal veterans cemetery at Pennhurst in 2003, but the VA rejected the proposal. In 2001, the state adopted the keystone principles concerning the state's duties to maintain historic property and to consult with the Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission before transferring the property into private hands. Chester County officials approved a private development and Pennhurst was sold to a developer, Pennhurst Associates, for $2 million. The Pennhurst Memorial and Preservation Alliance, it's PMPA, was formed to advocate for certain uses of the site. Pennhurst was added to Pennsylvania's list of the most at-risk Pennsylvania properties, as well as the International Coalition of Sites of Co Conscience, a worldwide network of historic sites specifically dedicated to remembering struggles for justice. In partnership with the... Per Preservation Alliance for Greater Philadelphia, PMPA, obtained a grant to complete a reuse design and feasibility study of the Pinders campus. By 2010, the administration building had been partially renovated and reopened as the Pinhurst Asylum Seasonal Haunted Attraction. I love how they always turn them into real haunted, like, not like real ghost attractions, but they always turn these places into, like, you know, the the... Not the ooh, but the boo, boo. scary. Yes, yeah, that boos. Yeah, um, they even um, 
I like how in Portals to Hell when Jack and Katrina interviewed mm -hmm. people that were a part of the haunt that they even had experiences where they were touched and things happened. Could you imagine just it. working there? Lord. And then having a, and being like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. Um, the attraction has been successful through controversial among locals and those previously affiliated with Penhurst. Coon Organic Recycling operated on a 4.5 acre of Penhurst offering topping composting and food waste services the department of environmental protection permitted the comp com composting operation at penhurst to maintain no more than 25 tons it is no longer in operation in 2015 the penhurst memorial and preservation alliance began working with the southeastern veterans center to obtain the superintendent's residence for a future museum and interpretive center by the end of 2016 demolition had begun on some of the buildings on the upper campus yeah, they've done that all the way up until 2020, where a lot of those buildings were demolished. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say they. Some of they them are just. Some of them are just too. I mean, that that can become so expensive to try to remodel 19th, you know, like turn of the century buildings. It's, oh yeah. Between the lighting, the plumbing, and everything else, you're like, if this, if it's that far gone, and then also asbestos. Um, asbestos. Just, just you got to tear it down. You got to get rid of it. I just wiped my screen. In 2017, bookings for daytime history tours, photography tours, and overnight paranormal investigations began, I swear, became available through the Haunted Attractions website. Proceeds from the tours go towards, go towards the upkeep of the grounds. Like, I, few more left. I swear. <laughs> The upkeep of the grounds and restoration of the remaining buildings. I always love that. I I, I mm -hmm. love that, and I think I uh, do too. Everywhere we've been, that's you know, if not to like tour guides and stuff, really the vast majority of it all goes to the upkeep of the buildings as as it should. And to be it honest, should be preserved. It should be preserved for the the patients, the people that you know died there, whatever you know, and in, in their memory more than anything. And to be honest with you, that's why I don't mind the fact that the tickets are so expensive most yeah. of the times because you you know it's going towards the building. You want and this you place want to that. be here, and you want it as a monument. Well, you know, I mean, I feel like it's a monument to not only the people that were there, but to you know, history. History has a nasty way of repeating itself, you know. And if you don't have some remnants of what's left to teach people in some way whether it be a museum or whatever that you know this this was a way of life this really happened people were treated this this way mm -hmm. you know because you don't you don't want that to end up in movies where people are like oh that didn't really happen yeah the fuck it did that wasn't just it's not just a movie. it's not fairy tales like yeah that no real. that really happened so just like um, Becky said, Travel Channel's show Destination Fear filmed at the location for the fifth episode of the first season. Oh, okay. Uh, 20... first, first season. They went to um, Indiana State Sanatorium, yeah, too. They were the first professional uh, paranormal investigators to televise there. So that's a good group. Good show to watch if anybody's I do like interested. Them. I, do I do like them a lot. By 2020, Hershey, Rockwell, and Dietary Halls were all deemed unsafe for reuse. And that March, demolition began, and by November, all three buildings had been demolished. And then on June 8th, 2021, heavy metal band Motionless and White performed their Deadstream 2 live at Penhurst concert on the grounds in front of the main building entrance. The concert was streamed the following day. 
I bet that was interesting. I bet that was a lot like, <laughs> who? who is it? Is it Waverly that does like Rock on the Range or something like that? Well, Waverly, I think, did, but uh, Ohio Reformatory has that. Big, oh, that's ink, right. Ink Carceration. You're right. They do that big one every year. Um, which I'm just like, God damn, that has to be loud. <laughs> Where that is such a... So, oh my goodness. Yeah, but... um. So I think that's really interesting. I, I can understand maybe some people's hesitation with the haunted attraction. I think it being kept to one building in one small area isn't that bad. And I, I think that they've done a really good job through keeping the tours and having these paranormal investigators come by of keeping the history alive in these places. I mean, I thought the port I thought Portals to Hell and Destination Fear did a really good job of being um very caring about the history and the people and not exploitive in any way. I don't feel like anything that's done has been exploitive. I mean, even if you look at uh, the haunted, like if you go on the website now to the haunted attraction, it, it's, it, you know, there's nothing about it that makes it look like, I mean, they, they make it look like a haunted attraction. So it's going to be scary, but it's nothing to i feel like that's distasteful um to the people that were there mm -hmm. you know it's gonna it's gonna touch on it being an asylum it's gonna it's gonna touch on parts like that but um you know i i feel terrible if people think it is i could totally understand their reasoning they're completely allowed to feel that way but I think just keeping in mind, too, that, that that also, again, is money that is going back into preserving this place and keeping that memory. Um, you know, they do have a little museum area. They do keep a lot of that. Oh. There's a storm Sorry, guys. In. There is a storm There's a corn. A corn? There's, there's a corn summon. There's a corn summon. There's a corn. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, actually, it's not. We wish it was. Um. But yeah, I think that just more money coming into this place and keeping it alive. I think the fact that there is a museum there, I think that there's just so much that they're trying so hard to keep the history of this place. And I think by preserving it and making it a part of the historical, a part of a historical society, I think that none of that is overlooked as far as the memory of that place and the people that were there. And um, yeah, I mean... I'm glad we got to talk about this. I I still think it's shocking that we never did <laughs> out of all the places that we've done, but I am I am really good. I feel like the timing was just perfect that Penhurst was mentioned in Stranger Things and then we were able to talk about the real Penhurst tonight. But um, Yeah, me and Alex were watching something scariest places on earth. Oh, okay. And uh they were going through some of the people that they were talking about like the the things that they've experienced there and I'm like I looked at Alex and I'm like, I don't think we've ever fucking talked about Penhurst. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, <laughs> what well, was Stranger Things too that made me think about it? And then mm -hmm. when you mentioned when you messaged me, I was like, oh my god, no, we haven't, we haven't. So as far as like the spoopies are concerned, um, this place is an absolute recipe for mm -hmm. spoopies. Uh, Jack and Katrina, what they do in their show, if you guys haven't seen Portals to Hell, they literally look for places that are portals for spirits. Sometimes right. they feel like that it is a portal. Sometimes they do not. Um, but 
From oh, Pen Penhurst is a is a hortle. Hortle. I give up today. Penhurst is a portal. Definitely. Oh, a thousand. It's percent. a hortle to Pell. No. Um. It, <laughs> it is. Uh. Yeah. No. And they experienced some wild shit too. They Boy, have... that rempod. Mm. That rim pod, I felt like was it. like scream, like someone screaming. Yeah, well, that's that, what it that, felt like. That main entity that's in that room that everybody refers to as King, the King, yeah. Um, that that guy, like I said, I'm I'm a firm believer in what he said that it's just a manifestation. It's not a person that died there. It's a manifestation no. of all of the evil that just meshed together in this big blob. Uh, and even Michelle, one of the one of my personal favorite psychics that I yeah. see, um, she they have her on some of the episodes. That guys, they have like these psychics come to some of these places, and they're very well known, renowned psychics. Mm -hmm. You'll see um, them on other uh, Chip Coffee. He's been on a couple. Of I episodes. fucking love I Chip Coffee. Love oh my god. Him and Michelle are my favorite. He's usually Easily. featured more on Kindred Spirits. If mm -hmm. people get into that, but um, oh my god. I love him so much, but yeah, he's I love amazing. her too. Um, um, Michelle was basically saying exactly what we said. She said, I don't feel like this entity started here. Oh, hell no. But it makes sense. She felt like it was built there. It's basically how she kind of put if it. The P and that totally makes sense because it even goes back to what that manager was saying about how, you know, if you come into this place taunting uh, and coming at these spirits, you are not going to get that response. There were people here that were very sensitive. And if you're kind to them, that's what they're seeking. Because they suffered. Mm -hmm. And uh, they need to hear a kind voice to reach out to, to communicate with. You know, unless it's those other evil entities. Which is really terrifying because it seems like they are the ones that are the strongest that make themselves known but it but makes you sense you know you're gonna have people it makes that sense are gonna why. it up too but um because you know that the ones who were mistreated are going to be quiet and in the shadows yeah. and you know the ones oh, that are the assholes are they were be scared. the loudest they were scared then they're scared now oh you mean the assholes are the loudest oh i mean you know like always uh i feel like you know and if anybody has visited or does go in the future you know, we've said this before, and I feel like that's just the rule of thumb of any of these places like this, where it's so sensitive like that. You just want to be incredibly sensitive to that place and what those people went through. And, you know, uh, keep it, you know, treat them like you would family, like any other family. That, that I don't know, that's how I've always looked at it. It's just, I've always looked at, there's obviously a human, there's an obvious human element to these spirits because they were human. They were alive at one time. And uh treat them like you would yeah, treat a friend. A like thousand they're percent. people. A thousand percent. They are people. And I feel like you always elicit a better response. I feel like we've always gotten better responses in places. And I feel like a lot of those shows get better responses. Um when Katrina got that not loud knock. Uh, that was wild. Just you, you get better responses when you talk to these people as people, um, because they will want to communicate. 
usually so if they if, feel comfortable enough. If you guys do want to do the haunted attraction, <laughs> I apologize. Um, the actual haunt. Oh, this is cool. Okay, so they do this thing during September and October where you can do the actual haunt. Like the, the scary, the people who jump out and scare you haunt. Slash paranormal combo pass. So for $145, which is actually cheap as hell. Oh my god, yeah. You can arrive by 8.45, do all three attractions, and then at 11 p.m. you do the paranormal investigation until 3 a.m. That's cool as fuck. You know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I hate when they end at 3 a.m. I'm like, 3 a.m. is the witching. Why would you stop it at 3 a.m.? You're gonna get more at 3 a.m. That's when it's cooking. <laughs> that's when. But that's actually up. really really cool. Um, and a damn good price. Yeah, 145 dollars for that, and it looks like their paranormal overnight investigations are only 99 dollars. That's insane. God damn. That's not bad at all. Um, then again, I don't like that they begin at 7 p.m. and go until 1 a.m. I don't like that. That's six hours. Don't get me wrong. It's six hours, but 7 p.m. is way too early. Like, I just, it's just too early. But anyway, so if it's you guys so, were depending interested. Depending on when you go, it's still light out for two hours. The Haunt Paranormal VIP Sounds cool as fuck. If you guys want to do that, you get the you get the haunt and you get the actual ghosts. Nice for one hundred and forty five dollars. You literally get to be there from nine nine p.m. to three a.m. I think that's cool as hell. I think that's a fantastic price. Um. So yeah, you just go on their website and all of that's on their website. If you guys only want to do a day tour, it's forty bucks. Um, which is really nice as well. So. We definitely would like to go really, here. These are some really reasonable prices. We would really like to go here. Um, I know next year I think we're really going to try to hit the West Virginia Trans or the Transylvania. Not Transylvania. Really? That would... uh, no. We're going to Trans fly. No. <laughs> we're going to Romania. No. Um, Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. We're going to really try to do that one because they finally stopped only doing one tour. <laughs> In like February, um, yeah. So we're gonna really try to do that, and then I think we're we're really trying to go to Eastern State Penitentiary as well. Um, after we've hit Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, I think we are gonna focus more on Pennsylvania because we've went to, we've been to Indiana now, we've been to Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginia, and now we're gonna start. Hitting yeah, we've we've hit Pennsylvania. The major, we've hit the major ones in the tri-state area. <laughs> Yes. There's a whole lot going on in Pennsylvania. So we've got we got plenty to keep us occupied just in one state alone. Is, so. Exactly. And we still have actually, And luckily that we don't have to fly to. We can try. And to be honest with you, there's still places in Ohio that we are discovering that are just about three to four hours north that look really, really cool to um do as well so i know we're trying to get some of the big ones in that we've been wanting to do eastern state i cannot fucking wait mm -hmm. for eastern state penitentiary <coughs> but i'm actually really excited about this one too because penhurst penhurst and eastern state are going to be big boys because not only are they huge but they are terrifying 
and Trans-Allegheny will be the first asylum that we go to. Um, Penhurst would be the second, probably, and then Eastern States, a penitentiary. We've been to a penitentiary before, but I'm excited to visit an asylum. We've never done an asylum, so it'll be very interesting to see what kind of things that we experience. Right. Anyway. And sanato sanatorium is different <coughs> than an asylum. Yes. Sanatorium tuberculosis. It helps patients. the sick. Yeah. Like the physically Sanitarium. ill. Yeah. So there you go. Hope you guys enjoyed tonight. I am so glad we finally got to actually talk about Penhurst. So mm -hmm. it's crazy we never have. But um And that place is haunted as fuck. Oh yes. Haunted as fuck. Definitely haunted. But be kind to the spirits there. Always be kind. Yes. Even if it seems silly to you, they appreciate it. Like, there was this one, I will never forget this girl that was with us in the Indiana State Sanatorium. She talked to the spirit, and we've done this, but the way that she did it, she her talked to them awesome. like they were genuinely alive. And, you know, I... It, it may seem silly to do that, but it's not. Because a lot of the, especially when it's a lot of residual energy, they, you know, they don't understand what's really going on. They're not intelligent hauntings. There was a couple intelligent things that happened there. But yeah. most of it's residual, I feel like, because so much just chaos yeah. broke out. And the way that she talked to those spirits, I was like, that's goals. It was comforting. It was it was goals because even though I we talk very kind to spirits, I feel like I don't do it as well as she was doing it, and it was inspiring to me to be like talk to them like they're actually alive, because it was just it was so kind and beautiful the way that she did that, and you well, especially in people. a in a situation like that too. That that's yeah. a really really sensitive area to go from uh, tuberculosis patients to uh, I mean just that in and of itself. To it becoming an, a nursing home. And mm -hmm. then that's a whole nother uh, can of worms. And then the way those people were treated. It's, yeah, it's a lot. So just that little bit of compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was it was amazing. It really was inspiring and really kind and thoughtful. So go somewhere haunted. Go somewhere haunted hey, and treat guys, the guys. Like... It's coming up. This is spoopy season. Like, do mm -hmm. some spoopy stuff. Definitely. Go to a haunt. Go to a real haunt. You know what's really funny is I don't even have any haunts in my plans. I, I don't. Actually, wait, I lied. Annie is getting... Oh, Annie's, that's right. You Annie's are bachelorette going, party. You are doing a... Uh, I'm doing a yeah. haunt, but she hasn't... More than likely, she's going to choose Terror Town, which is fine. I, I don't mind Terror Town, but I kind of want to do Dents this right. year. I low-key kind of want to do dense this year, but maybe we'll hold off for the Christmas one. I know. We only got to do, yeah, my first official haunted house was literally right before C-O-B-I-D, biatch. And I was like, God damn it. This is like my I first ever, like, haunt I ever went to. And then they're all, like, shut down, but now they're back, so it's cool. But I literally was like, what is C-O-B-I-D? C-O-B-I-D. Ma'am. I had it. Is the fog ago. still there and you couldn't smell? <laughs> no, the I fog knew. finally fucking lifted. Good <laughs> lord, that was awful. No, I would oh my god, I would go back to Dent in a heartbeat. Yeah. Hells yeah. 
I really want to go to Wilmington. I need to take like yeah. I if you go. would be willing to wait in line for like three hours or go at the ass crack of when it first opens, which I mean, is like no. five, five, five. Isn't hours, waiting no. in line for three hours like our thing? Isn't that? <laughs> I mean, you right? Road trips and waiting in line. That's what we do. It's like our thing. That's what we do. And this, but you know, if we <laughs> went early enough, but here's the problem though: waiting in line for three hours, you're gonna we're gonna be there until like midnight, and um, then yeah, no, it's like an hour drive because it's that, in the middle of absolutely. You nowhere. guys have been hearing me on. It's seven thirty Eastern <laughs> time. Uh, past midnight is like that's like. That's like three hours past Becky's bedtime, unless she's had a good old so what we need three to hour do, nap earlier that day. What we need to do, because you can't buy your tickets online, you have to buy them there. Fuck balls. They open at seven. We need to get there at fucking five. Oh, I could do that. <laughs> we'll bring. <laughs> See? God damn it. We'll bring. Um, I did not sleep well last night, so that's why you this have is an happening. Excuse. I do have an excuse. Uh, we'll bring lawn chairs. We will bring. Fucking chairs. We'll be Jason Momoa. We'll be like, I'm, I'm fine. Because <laughs> it totally. gets so busy. It gets so. I, I just. I'm down for it. I just. It's worth it, it though. It's a blast before my bedtime. <laughs> right. All right, my dudes. Well, next week we will be discussing the Orphan First Kill movie, and I will be watching it tomorrow. Yes, I have already watched. seen it. Um. It is absolutely amazing. I can't wait to talk about this movie. And if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It's on Paramount+. Plus. If you haven't seen the original Orphan, make sure you watch that one too. Otherwise, Otherwise the first one is going to The first Kill movie is going to absolutely ruin the first one for you. Yeah. Because the twist in the first one is revealed in the first five minutes of the first Kill. So do not watch First Kill first. Right. Um... There's a twist in First Kill that's fucking amazing. I really thought the movie was going one direction, and it 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 fucking went several yards. Well, that makes me happy because I was very worried. Uh, Orphan is incredible. It really is. Um, so I'm excited to watch it. So yeah, um, I've got some hours cleared. It's gonna be the perfect time because it will actually feel like fucking fall. So I am down. I'm so excited to watch a whole yes. movie. Um, so you guys go watch that. If you haven't seen it, there will be spoilers. Uh, we kind of can't help it because the entirety of those films are just spoilers to talk about them. Yeah. So make sure you watch both of them. If you haven't seen either one, make sure to watch First Kill if you haven't seen it. Um, and that's what we'll be talking about next week. Before we go, of course, you guys always know we have our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast. The handle is DFWTO8811. If you have any questions questions, concerns, or want to say, hey, please email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com. Also, please subscribe and give us a review on iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, you'll always know when we put out new episodes. It seems like we're actually doing well with keeping up with our weekly episodes Yay! now. Thank God. No crazy shit. Nope. We are done <laughs> with we're that. We're done. It's over. We're done. Um, and then, of course, if you go on to any of the link trees on our pages on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, there is a merch link. Please click on that. Go check out our Wednesdays are for podcast shirt, especially because Wednesday is coming out soon. Um, so make sure that is actually one of the coolest designs I've ever seen. I love it so much. I love, I um, absolutely fucking love our 
The Casper and Becky and shirt is that so one's, cute. That one's amazing. Um, I, as, as Casper, am dressed up as Chucky. And then Becky, as Gremlin, uh, Gizmo, is dressed up as Freddy. And it is absolutely adorable. And then we have our regular Don't Fuck With The Original um, logo on a shirt. We have mugs and we have tote bags as well. So please check that out. Please buy our merch and just know... All of the money goes back into the podcast, and we are really hoping someday to have a booth at hopefully Horror Hound. Um, it would be actually really awesome to be able to do that or any type of horror convention because I also love Days of the Dead and um, Scare Fest, I think, is the one in Lexington. So, you guys, do all of those things. Um, yeah. Have a wonderful week. Get ready for fall. Fall is coming officially Yay! tomorrow. Um, so, yeah. Unless you guys somewhere were feeling it already today, and I'm very jealous, but... Uh, I believe the New England states seem to be getting it pretty well uh, right now, but of course they are. Fuck you, Massachusetts. Anyway, so... <laughs> we'll be back soon. We will see you guys next week. We love you, and remember... Don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the, the original. original! Be safe! Keep on!